crikey, it's cold out. It's snowy. My yard and garden are frozen and bare. It's only February. Spring is coming, don't worry, but it's many weeks away and I'm going crazy. I'm not sure about you, but I just can't wait to get my hands dirty, get a little bit of dirt underneath my nails. So today we'll talk about this slow time of year, how we can get through this endless waiting together and what we should be doing right now to plan for spring. I'm Dale Kay and welcome to my big backyard. So as I'm looking out my window, and I'm up in the northern climate here in the United States, as I look out my window, there is a blanket of snow. There is probably more snow in my backyard this year than in other years. And I was fortunate enough to travel to Florida this week, and just a, a fabulous state. But when I say Florida, you're probably thinking, Tampa, Fort Lauderdale, Orlando. I guess there's a mouse in Orlando that people just love to go to. Uh, Miami, the Keys, warm weather, beaches, right? And for the most part, that's all well and good and very much true. But the reason I went to the Sunshine State is for a totally different reason. Totally different. So I'll have that coming up in a little bit. I'll share my Florida experience with you. But first, as I look out at that blanket of snow, really what can you be doing in your garden right now? And I, I guess it doesn't matter if you're under a blanket of snow or you're in the deep south in Louisiana. Spring hasn't quite started yet. So what can you be doing? Well, this is a great opportunity to plan. Plan the garden for next year. Maybe learn from some of your mistakes. And it's a great time to look out in the backyard and see where things might be missing. What was missing in the garden? I can see my neighbor. Maybe I want to screen that out a little bit. And I, when I mention screens, I want to talk a little bit about what's trending in 2023 as well. And that, uh, that reminds me about privacy and screening. But there's a lot of things that you can be getting ready to do. And one of the things that I love to do, particularly at this time of year, or what I get really excited about, is starting plants from seed. Now, yes, it's yes, it's too early for most of us to be starting to seed our tomatoes, but there is a group of plants that do quite well indoors, germinating indoors, and then not only germinating, but thriving and growing indoors. And there's a whole host of um, kind of, I call them cool season herbs or plants or herbs that like it a little bit cooler. Chives, parsley, curly parsley, Italian parsley, either of them. I, I always grow Italian parsley for, uh, for obvious reasons. I consider myself, a little known fact, I consider myself a little bit of a home cook as well. So that's where the Italian parsley comes into play. Sometimes it's all about the presentation, right? Um, thyme, tarragon, all of those would be great to start indoors right now. So what do you need to, if you haven't gardened before, or you haven't seeded indoors before, a couple of things you need. Of course, you need to go to your favorite local garden shop and buy the seeds themselves. Unless you're saving seeds, that's great too. Um, but go to your favorite local garden shop and then do a little poking around. It's a great time to see, you know, 
get around, walk around. A lot of greenhouses are full of obviously green plants right now. You can hook yourself up with some of those, but head to the seeding section. And there, of course, you'll find the herbs and then you'll find the chives. I'm going to run through that list again. So in case you're grabbing a pen, chives, parsley, curly or Italian, doesn't matter. I grow Italian, the flat, some people call it the flat leaf parsley, uh, thyme, tarragon. They are good places to start. And what you need to get started is some sort of a vessel. And you can go to Pinterest. You can look up all sorts of things and try and find, uh, or you know, you'll find you know people germinating seeds in eggshells or milk cartons. Um, but what I like to do is is buy like one of those seventy-two cell count seeding flats. Oftentimes they're reusable if you give them a little bit of clean. But you can get a lot of bang for your buck in a small amount of space in like a 72 count cell um, flat or a seeding flat. So, so get yourself one of those and then you can put the eggshells in the compost, much better place for them than, um, than germinating seeds. You need, so you need the vessel. It's got to be thin, not too, not too deep. You need some sort of a seeding medium, seeding mix. You'll find probably countless brands there. But the key with the seedling or with the seeding mix is that it's usually a fine grind. It's almost like a fine grind coffee, where particularly if you're dealing with small seeds, the chive is a big seed, parsley's a little bit of a smaller seed. And so that that fine grind seeding mix or potting soil allows the seed not to get lost in big chunks of peat moss or big chunks of bark, big chunks of whatever is in cheaper potting soil. Get what you pay for, get some seeding mix, you'll have a lot better success with seeding mix. Next thing you need, particularly this time of year where I live, and crikey it's cold. Sometimes I'm originally from Australia, sometimes I even wonder myself what I'm doing here, but that's a whole that's a whole different thing. And I should I should mention the my email. If you have a gardening question, feedback for the podcast, thoughts about gardening, thoughts about anything, my big backyard with Dale K at gmail.com. No spaces, no underscores. My big backyard with Dale K at gmail.com. Drop me a line. Let me know what you think. The next thing that you're going to need is a misting bottle. Uh, that's particularly key uh, for, for seeding. I, I buy, or I have, I should, I bought many years ago. I have a, a heat pad. It's a special seeding heat pad. And what that does is it raises the soil temperature, usually about 20 degrees above what your air temperature in your, in your home is right now. So as I look across to the thermostat, I'm at 69 degrees. So my soil temperature would be in that 89, 80 degree range. So the most important things, uh, or the things that uh, initiate seed germination or breaking that seed coat, starts the whole sexual propagation thing is soil temperature and moisture. That's why we need that seed, the, the misting bottle. You got the heat pad, you got the seeding mix, you've got the vessel, and then a little bit of fine grind vermiculite just to kind of sprinkle over the top. And if you if 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 you need detailed information, again, just drop me just drop me an email. My big backyard with Dale K at gmail.com. From there you're pre-moistening, you're, you're filling your vessel up with the seeding mix, you're pre-moistening that, that, that medium, that seedling mix. Go ahead and sow your seeds. I always pop two or three per cell. And from there, 
a little vermiculite over the top. Keep that soil moist, not wet. And when you're buying that, those seed packets, there is a whole host, a whole gaggle, gaggle, I like that word, a whole gaggle of information on the back of the seed packet. Germination, how many days to germination, uh, days to harvest, all that sort of thing. So if you're really jumping at the bit to start basil, to start tomatoes, start peppers, all those kind of things, grab yourself your calendar and then take a look at the seed packet and then you kind of count back the calendar from there. And your rule of thumb is um, there is a last frost-free date in most of the northern part of the United States. Grab that where you live and then just back the calendar back from there to start start your seeds. I always give that last frost-free date at least a generous week on either side because Mother Nature, by <laughs> Jingo's Mother Nature, is something else. So plan and do some seeding right now. So Florida, warm beaches, warm weather. And it's kind of one of those interesting states where it's got a little bit of everything going on. I think there's something like almost 22 million people, 22 million people living in the state of Florida. Over the past year or two, there has been a population boom in Florida, South Florida in particular. And I have no um, basis, no uh, census data for that, but I go down there every year and where I go, I see suburbia creeping into these beautiful little agricultural areas. Yes, there's all the, um, all the great things of warm beaches, all the touristy things in Orlando, um, South Beach, Miami, Florida Keys. There's all that stuff going on. But there is also a thriving agricultural industry in Florida. And in particular, uh, you know, vegetable crops. Crazy the amount of vegetables coming out of Florida. I think citrus alone, oranges alone, 51% of every orange you buy in the store domestically comes from Florida. 64% of a, a, a fresh market tomato comes from Florida. Melons, 27% of all melons come from the state of Florida. So they got this huge agricultural industry. And, you know, of course, there's forestry and all that other good stuff. But the reason I go down to Florida is if you were buying uh, a hibiscus, if you were to buy a mandevilla, if you were to buy a houseplant, there's a good chance that it is grown. Actually, hibiscus, for sure, 100%. If you're buying a hibiscus, it doesn't matter if you're buying a Home Depot. If you're up in Canada, you're buying a hibiscus. If you're in Minnesota, you're buying a hibiscus. It comes from South Florida. And in particular, there's this little area just south of Miami. It's called Homestead, Florida. It's right before Key Largo. And it's nestled right up against the Everglades. I mean, it is like desolate country. I mean, it's like the Everglades is like the lungs of the state. It's just this amazing place. Maybe we'll talk about that another time. But down there in Homestead, there's an area called the Redlands agricultural district and in there there's avocado groves there's tomato fields there's squash fields melons all this stuff but also nestled in 
amongst all these uh, cash crops is all these wonderful tropical plants. Hibiscus, Mandevilla, houseplants, Calatheas, all that stuff. All that good stuff. $4.8 billion of tropical plants are growing in South Florida. That's just amazing. So I go down there because it's a respite for um, to get away from the cold. Did I mention my strain? But down there, I just love tropical plants. So I go down there, I visit, and all a lot of these uh, growers, all Cuban immigrants. So not only do you have all these wonderful plants, these uh, Cuban uh, growers, some of the best plant growers in the world, in my opinion. And yeah, you can go to the Netherlands, you can go to, you can go to all these fancy greenhouses, you can do all this technical stuff with vertical growing and tech and horticulture is huge right now. Huge. I was just actually the other day, there is the people that came up with what's that, that vacuum cleaner that lives in your home, the Roomba, Rumba, whatever it is, they have um, a product now called Turtil. And it's a weeding robot. And Roomba, that's them, Roomba. So they're taking the innovation of the tech from in the home to outside of the home. And they've single-handedly, this thing is, this uh, Turtil is solar-powered. It's robotic. And it weeds and it chops up your weeds into all these little bits and pieces and just kind of lets it all kind of turn back to the earth. Brilliant. Brilliant. But what I think is really kind of cool is uh, if you were to ask any gardener or any, any, even if you're not a gardener, what don't you like about gardening? People would never really say weeding. So they've literally taken one of the, one of the most tedious chores like weeding and kind of taken it out of the equation for, for, for homeowners, for gardeners, or, you know, wherever your little plot of land is. So down here, in, so down in South Florida, there's this, there's just, just this thriving economy of tropical plants. So I go down there, I talk to these guys, and I and uh, uh, have some great Cuban food and great Cuban coffee. If you if if you've been down there, you, you know exactly what I'm talking about there. But it's a real, it's a very cool, very interesting um, part of Florida that that most people don't go to. If you were to drive down Highway 1, or what is that, the Dixie Highway or whatever it is, you would just drive straight past Homestead. There's a, I think there's a, there's an Air Force base there. There's not too much going on. But if you were just to creep in, just ever so nudge, or just creep in ever so slowly off of Highway 1 towards the Evergreens, uh, towards the Everglades, I should say, you would bump into this Redlands agricultural district and it is a beautiful little slice of South Florida and it's a beautiful little slice of of the gardening industry that you would probably not think is down there when you think agriculture or horticulture in in Florida you think you think oranges you think you know tomatoes what you know whatever the, whatever that is but the, the the varieties of hibiscus that they have um, and what they're doing down there as far as coming up with new varieties is is really really spectacular 
And uh, as we move, I, 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 I've got some information on some brand new hibiscus coming. I, I went to um, a wonderful wholesale grower down there and she, uh, uh, Jen is her name. She has some hibiscus coming up that will absolutely, absolutely knock your socks off for spring. And it, it, will, it will make you so hungry for spring. It's, it's great. That's great. And down there, I was on a, I was on a, I was on some road and there was a sign that said, it was a sign that said my big backyard. I'm like, Oh my gosh, that's the name of the podcast. So I got out of the car, not in the middle of traffic, pulled off quick and off to the side of the road. And I have no idea what this, I'll have to, I'll have to Google it. Um, but it had the sign with my big backyard. It, of course, it didn't have the day okay or anything like that. But so I took a picture in front of that. So we'll get that up on the we'll get that up on on the website as well. So talking a little bit about trends for twenty twenty three. And if you're um, not saying that you want to be trendy or you want to follow trends, sometimes you know trends is almost a buzzword. I don't even like the word trends, but there there is for sure some definite trends in um people's psyche or you know what they what they view as guiding or how they want to enjoy their backyards so one of them i mentioned technology moving at light speed usually in the gardening industry we're the last of any type of technology but that's that's all coming to an end and there's some people doing some great things with vertical gardening there's a, a couple of companies that want to get on the podcast and really dive into how technology is changing the face of gardening. I just remember, I just mentioned earlier, the folks at um, that have this weeding machine now. The the inventor of, of Roomba has, has entered the gardening world, which I think is great. The more technology and, and the more that we can uh, embrace technology in gardening, I think is excellent. So if you have um, if you have ideas, you have a company that that is tech savvy and is entering the the green industry. Uh, drop me a note. My big backyard with Dale K at gmail dot com. Some other trends um, for sure, and there's a lot of talk about um, climate change and um, the world heating up, and th- that's a whole we could spend podcast after podcast after podcast talking about that. But there is a definite thing that we can all do right now, this spring, to help our climate, to help our planet, and that's plant a tree. But you got to plant the right tree. So I'm going to devote a, a podcast to planting the right tree in your area. That's one, and that that is a trend. The other trend that I'm noticing is uh, Greece is the new buzzword. Greece, like the country, and I love Greek food too, by the way. Feta cheese, olives, lamb. Oh, that, oh, I'm actually, I'm actually hungry. Greece is the new um, buzzword in the green industry. Um, Stone walls, archways, uh, classic uh, Greek um, design, statuary, terracotta the use of symmetry 
uh, olive plants, climbing roses, arches, all that kind of Greek um, architecture and Greek plant citrus, all trending for 2023. I really look forward to our time together here each week. We can dive into some things that will really help your backyard be a little bit more enjoyable. It'll be just like a little slice of tranquility, a sanctuary, a place you can enjoy your spare time. Gardening, trust me, can be one of the most rewarding things you can do. Spending time in your backyard, it's so peaceful. It's so nourishing. You can enjoy it throughout all the seasons, no matter where you are. And if you've got a family, friends, they'll love it too. Dale K's Big Backyard is a production of Big Backyard Media. It's co-produced by me, Dale K, and Chip Elmquist. I'd love to hear from you and answer all your questions. You can reach me at mybigbackyardwithdalek at gmail.com. And I'll try to answer all your questions right here each week. Also, follow me on Instagram, Dale K Garden Guy. Thanks for joining me here on Dale K's Big Backyard, and we'll see you right here next week. Thank you.